for listening to What's in the Box, the Xbox News Reviews, Theories, and Conspiracies podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Hutton, and I'm joined today by the sexiest crack baby in the Midwest, Kyle Sandin. Crack, whiskey, and pre-workout are a must-have for anyone wanting to get this shredded. Hello. (laughs) And rounding out the threesome tonight, we have the inspiration for Eric Clapton's cocaine, Brooks Nickel. It was uh, actually Layla. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's <laughs> I don't right. Think so, <laughs> now, what did he mean by was, "you've got Kyle. me"? You've got me on my knees. Um, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think we could. I didn't think we could get there, but we got to the line that quick. That quick. <laughs> yeah, I've been practicing. <laughs> <laughs> You have indeed. Yeah, getting better all the time. Now, d- quit dodging um, the answer here. Well, I don't have a good answer for that. I don't have. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not okay. I'm not at liberty to discuss that. Those are very private and personal matters. All right. You know, well, I'll leave it up to your imagination. In. Eric Clapton <laughs> once blew Brooks. So there you go. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't say that. Well, speaking uh, of lines getting crossed, no. Bricks, why don't you tell us about some news out of Japan this week, a strange and loosely tied to video game story. Yeah, man, they're 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 putting the video games on the drugs now and and just destroying the youth. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> a gentleman in Japan got busted with a uh, uh, I don't know if it was 500 or over 500 or around 500 uh, ecstasy tablets, ecstasy pills, and they were uh, stamped in the shape of Wario, nonetheless. Wario. <laughs> Blah, this feels great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get that Mario now. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me stroke these walls over here. <laughs> is that, uh, is that oh, how? Mario, I'd get you. <laughs> My arms didn't feel like velvet. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, there's some EDM club over here. Yeah. Go to first. <laughs> <laughs> Every little hype uh, he jumps down, it's just another EDM club. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the <party> started up again. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the underground network of EDM clubs. <laughs> oh, uh, no. I like who's the target demographic for uh, Wario-shaped uh, ecstasy? It's it's Japan, man. What's well, the target I mean, demographic for anything? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it. I'm not that cultured. Yeah. Uh, that might be the go-to ecstasy among the elite Japanese business culture. <laughs> well, speaking of shady, weird things, Kyle, why don't you tell us about Ubisoft's <laughs> latest venture? I don't know about shady, but it is it is weird, at least the, for their use case on uh, in-game items. Um they're trying to use the Ethereum blockchain to uh, first put uh, in-game items on there to use like cross-platform uh, 
And as someone has been quoted to make a physical existence out of the in-game items, which is the weird part, in my opinion. It's still it's still digital. I don't know what what oh. you're making physical in that whole situation, but so okay. clear, yeah, clarify for me here. They're they're by in-game items. You're talking about like just cosmetics or content yeah yeah, sold absolutely. using yeah. And like bitcoin overall, or some type of digital currency it, it'd be ethereum it's uh, the yeah. next biggest uh cryptocurrency out there sure but yeah it'd be the items like uh, like in fortnite you have the costumes and everything okay so and that was what the guy was quoting says like when you buy a costume on fortnite your investment is lost he says but and the oh, accessories locked in the it. game. But if we use the blockchain, he says they can give a physical existence to the digital element. Okay, so it'd be something then you could trade but, or sell. Yeah, or, you could yeah, carry over to different yeah. platforms. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I'm yes. with you now. With you. Yeah, sorry, I was jumping around no. a bunch there. No, but, you're good. Um, I guess it's somewhat physical existence. I don't know. I, it still feels it's just digital to me. So that was just a weird statement, in my sure. opinion. But. Uh, I think the blockchain use would be very cool, though. Uh, I think it'd be a good, a good move on their part. Um, Kyle, can you define for our listeners at home, um, and not for me because I totally know um, what blockchain <laughs> means? Very vague description. Just it's like a ledger, a spreadsheet, but more secure, easier to to keep track of everything, and uh, it's permanent. It can't be changed. So. And it would it, and it would allow you could cut out like companies say like Sony and Microsoft through transactions you could just do it like like the trading you could do it peer to peer and cut out the middleman or gotcha. third party companies. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, Brooks, you have a lot of experience with crypto and the dark web, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. That's where I buy <laughs> all of my illicit substances. Pirate like Bay user Wario shaped ecstasy pills, <laughs> blockchains, YouTube, he hacker, used the Nintendo coin. I got no fucking idea what you guys are talking about. I honestly zoned out during the that bio. last little part there. I, I what? So the, what are they I doing hate with chains? one too many Wario shaped ecstasies? What are they doing with chains now? <laughs> no, nah, that crypto stuff blows my mind. Kyle's sure. smarter about it. I don't. Yes, Kyle doesn't. Know, know but I don't money. understand real money either. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm in that boat with you. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you just spend it on Wario ecstasy pills. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. I take them and I turn into a mushroom. Fantastic. <laughs> Speaking of mushrooms, sometimes after an explosion. Um, the, the kind of ash cloud makes a mushroom effect. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm reaching, I know, but somebody wasn't segueing, and I had. To yeah, I thought you were taking right. this one. I thought you were taking this episode, man. You're no, going. No, no, no. You, you had to. You had earned this reputation. Up. I thought third time's a charm here. I'm just no. waiting for you to come in. Yeah, uh, well, You got to know when to hold them. And no one to fold them. I think you could go with something as controversial like uh, Brooks getting a blowjob from Eric Clapton. The other controversy, which did happen, allegedly, the new Call of Duty. 
<laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> now we're going to get sued by Randy Pitchford, Jacob, and <laughs> Eric Clapton. We landed yeah. the whale, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the big three. Uh, oh, shit. We're taking uh, this to the Senate. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, kind of a, a an update on the the story we've talked about the last couple of weeks, where um, Infinity Ward's upcoming um, fall release of Call of Duty Modern Warfare is being seen as a bit of a controversial game for anybody that's viewed gameplay of it. And again, grain of salt. They, nobody that's played it that's had reaction to it has had all the context. They haven't seen the game in full. You know, they don't know how these missions are going to stack up. One streamer um, got a hands-on time with the game, and he described a child soldier mission, uh, which is near the beginning of the game, uh, where you play as a nine-year-old girl that's forced to kill people when um, Russians invade her. It's hard out there for nine-year-olds nowadays. And the the YouTuber Mm -hmm. that that talked about it was Drifter. he said that in the mission, uh, these Russian forces uh, kill the, your mother right at the beginning of it. Your dad kind of helps you escape, and you're running through the streets, and you're seeing just civilians getting mowed down. Um, and there's an encounter where you have to your dad gets killed, and then to save your brother, you like cut the Achilles tendon of a Russian soldier, and um you and your brother work together to kill this guy and then you like step out and there was like a is it a bomb that gets dropped on like a, it's a school or something and it should pans and there's just like all these like dead kids no it's a soccer it's field soccer and field. it's like okay. covered in mustard gas yeah it's yeah, like it's call right. of duty fucking beasts in no nation yes yeah which everybody yeah. wanted for sure yeah that's, yeah that's what Activision. we were in hoping for yeah and so mm-hmm. so with that in mind like th- these kind of details um recently in an interview with uh the co-founder of sledgehammer games who's no longer with that company they asked michael uh Condry, you know what he thought of the situation and kind of the the discussion around the game and he said that he thought there was a good probability that activision is pushing Infinity Ward to make controversial content just to get the headlines and the debate around the game to generate the buzz. Like that was his Which, thought. I could see that. Yeah. And, and he, he, he felt really mixed about it because he said, you know, it's, it's, it's not a bad decision to engage with like what's going on in the world and present it in a way that video games haven't done. That's, you know, that's certainly territory. That's certainly a space that you can explore, but if your reasoning is to capture it and show the horrors of it and then show the like decency of humanity, like trying to get through those kind of things, that's probably fine. But if, if the, your main motivation for doing that is let's make a controversial game, you're probably not going <laughs> to nail like, you know, the, the similar no. notes and, and the human notes that you need to, to tell that story. Effectively. Because so, the people, the people that are creating it aren't the one they're not doing it for the right reason. Yeah. yeah, they're doing it because they're told to do it. It's right. not their, it's not their vision. It's not the story that they want to tell. And it's yeah, it's, and it seems like the worst possible scenario is unfolding. Yeah, yeah, and it seems like it shows because you know what I was reading it seemed like that uh, that stream you're playing that uh, 
mission, the streamer was saying that it it wasn't like uncomfortable because of the situation. It was just the the scene felt so jarring and awkward. Is what she called yeah. it. And so it seems like the mechanics yeah. are are weird, and the dialogue was real corny. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, in conjunction with something that's like mm-hmm. really yeah. supposed to be horrifying, and then if the, all that other stuff doesn't feel authentic, then it exactly. Yeah, I can imagine that would be a really weird effect. Yeah, and so one one game we're going to talk about a little bit later, as as far as like games we've been playing and stuff, is you know I hopped into Outer Wilds for a bit. And like, you know, yep. knowing about all this stuff going on with Call of Duty and then like playing that game, which is still deals with like Doom and and um like trying to kind of find meaning and against like this known fate that's happening to you. Like they do it in such a very beautiful way in in, in, yeah. in that game. And and I don't know. I would much prefer that flavor personally, but you know, to each their own. Um, but I won't. I won't talk too much about that now. So I'm, I'm still like curious to see this game. I'm curious to see how people react to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do think it's interesting that they are not showing much of the game when it just releases in a few months. That's weird to me for Call of Duty because Call of Duty always shows so oh, much yeah. off. Especially you know. for the hype. That's their big hype thing is yeah, showing all the gameplay with the cool no, song in the background. Trying to make it all mysterious and graphic. Eminem or something. Yeah. <laughs> Did you want this game for fun? Well, too bad, motherfuckers. Because you're going to learn a lesson with Call of Duty Modern Warfare. The reimagining. <laughs> Play as nine-year-old Lisa. These parents she just watched get hacked away right in front of her eyes by Russians. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous, dude. Yeah. At least, I mean, like I said, I'm not saying that video games can't be the avenue for, you know, larger issues like that. I think sure. it's been done tastefully in some games, you know, maybe not this subject itself. I mean, Spec Ops did a pretty good job of it, uh, the yeah. liner. Uh, but, like, not with Call of Duty's name attached to it. That's just not what your franchise is. Bruce, why don't you tell us a little bit about what uh, Phil Spencer said about some of their Microsoft exclusive games? Well, Phil Spencer, let me tell you what old Phil Spencer said. Uh-huh. I had a really good uh, segue, Josh, I was going to talk about, you know, oh, go on ahead. the go lighter ahead. side ahead. of things. No, no, you're good now. You're good now. Um, Phil Spencer has been talking in an interview with uh, Kotaku about giving the Microsoft exclusives more time, uh, you know, more time to develop more time to make good games. Um, and this is an article by Colin Stevens and it was really nice write up pretty long. Um, but one thing I really enjoyed about it was when he talked about giving the employees more work life, uh, balance and making sure that there's time to, to hit deadlines so that people aren't, forced to you know spend a majority of their waking time at work and not with family um and then on top of that he talked about bringing in this idea of creating a workplace where you can be yourself and so you can reach your best potential um and so a lot of this came on the heels of certain titles not being shown at e3 um so you know forza uh there's a lot of rumors about fable which um i don't i don't believe showed up either no yeah um, which is kind of cool because, you know, Microsoft has been down 
in those exclusive titles. I think PlayStation has really beat the brakes off of them sure. on this last console cycle. Um, so what was it about 14 first party games? 12 are going to be shipping in the next year. Um, and so Spencer had said, you know, we're really able to focus on what's coming now. Um, so it's, yeah, he said that they hadn't really been in that position and that he was so excited for what wasn't shown and that exactly that was a a new position for them to be in because for years they've been trapped in this thing where they had to tease things that were really far out or something because they didn't have anything coming Mm. in the near future. Exactly. Yeah. I kind of wonder like if it's just, you know, that, that dedication to work life balance that he talked about and, and kind of pushing back those deadlines and allowing breathing room. I'm wondering where they learned that lesson. I don't know if it's just from, you know, just feedback internally, you know, you're getting surveys or something from your employees or just what's happening industry-wide. There's been so many articles about that um, over the last year. I don't know if it's those things or I, I kind of wonder if it's like what happened with Crackdown. Now, don't get me wrong. Crackdown wasn't, I mean, development hell for like fucking eight years on Crackdown 3. I mean, yeah. they gave it time. But I think the issue probably was they were probably giving them really hard deadlines because it was it was supposed to be like a launch title for the Xbox One. And, well, then and it, it seemed like it lacked a lot of direction. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and so I, I think that... If you have unreasonable deadlines and you go into a place where when you are at work, you're not getting any direction, it's a recipe for disaster. Sure. Yeah, I, I I just kind of wonder what what's been there because they you know, Gears Four was still a, a solid game, still felt like Gears. I mean, it didn't feel like a fumble or anything like that. Um, Halo Five was you know not the best Halo, but it was still a well made game. And you know, I mean, those games weren't really like these warning signs that you would go, oh, that's where they fucked up and that's where they learned their lesson. I think the only game I can really think of would probably be Crackdown as far as a game that, you know, they built up a lot of hype around and then ultimately delivered a very shitty product, you know. But, I mean, they've had to cancel some big games too. I mean, they canceled that Scalebound or whatever that was supposed to be a pretty big game. And Speculation. Sure. Um, <laughs> go ahead, Brooks. Do it. Do it, Brooks. Yeah. Segway. Do you think? Oh, my bad. Um, yeah, speaking of Xbox. <laughs> you know, the segue is pretty jarring if I have to prompt you to segue. <laughs> this is pretty controversial. Sorry, I was thinking about Kyle's comment on Phil Spencer. And uh, never mind. Uh, anyways. <laughs> How about it, Kyle? That next thing you're going to talk about. <laughs> Uh, Donald crap, Trump I'm in video now. game news. <laughs> what? I don't know Donald Trump go. gets <laughs> wrecked by the gaming industry. I don't have any direction to go. I don't know what to talk about. Oh, no. <laughs> Kyle, you have a deadline that is now. Sony, Son Nintendo, and Xbox bitch. say hashtag potato aim to Donald Trump. <laughs> We don't want no stinking tariffs, you insert racial slur here. <laughs> there we go. That's what I'm talking about. All right. I don't know what it's about. Now, now you're just shopping about. different segues. This is an equally <laughs> problematic approach. 
Oh, no? man. But, yes, without getting too political, since our political correspondent Hunter is not on tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess he upped the tariffs from 10% to 25%, and all the companies are in a huff about it. Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, as they should be. It, it's That's a big hit. I think they yeah. said the entire industry last year, I think this year, I forget the number, but uh, it was $43 billion. And I think it was like 90% of that comes out of China. All the manufacturing yeah, the, for consoles. Manufacturing, yeah. mm-hmm. so, it's a lot of fucking money. I think it's short term. I doubt he would hurt an industry that huge for any length of time. But especially with his re-election for next year or his attempt to be re-elected for next year. You know, the, the terrorist thing has been kind of this like hardline play. And I, I don't, again, this is not a politics, politics podcast, but yeah. it's, it, it's affecting different industries in the, in the country mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and this one is such a consumer facing industry that like, if, if you, it would be a very tangible thing for people that buy video games, you know, if this happens, it would be, mm-hmm. you know, price of consoles are going to go up. Price of accessories are going to go up. Games oh, yeah. are going to go up because that's probably, you know, where they make most of their monies from, you know, we, as we've talked about before, live services and software. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For an industry that's done very well, but has like some of these kind of cheaper alternatives rising up, particularly in, in video game streaming. I, I think, you know, video game streaming coupled with, having to pay more for traditional consoles. Yeah. I mean, that, that could really sting an industry pretty quickly. Um, if, if your consumers are like, why am I going to spend four or $500 on your console when I can play the same games on my Chrome browser? You know, then you have EA. It's like, well, all right, we'll just double up the microtransactions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or Activision. I feel like Activision has like ramrodded that so hard in black ops Ford at, this point in that game mm-hmm. i follow that page on reddit and dude every week people are just like oh my god you've locked another gun behind microtransactions yeah yeah they were know, getting it's, ridiculous it's like that a one. trash can fire every fucking mm-hmm. week over that stuff <laughs> speaking of trash can fires yeah. gosh dr disrespect returns to yeah. twitch after a two-week ban Followed by what can only be described as a trash can fire in an E3 bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Guy Beam is the man's real name. And he, if you're unfamiliar with Dr. Disrespect, he is a streamer on Twitch and he gained a lot of notoriety playing H1Z1 and Player Unknown's Battlegrounds and, and plays a lot of competitive shooter games and he has kind of this almost like pro wrestling heel persona where he's just very aggressive and outlandish and um, puts on a, puts on a, a heck of a show. I mean, he, he's gotten into so many controversies and stuff because of it, but ultimately, you know, he's playing a character and, and sometimes yeah. he takes that character too far. Gaming macho man. <laughs> he's gaming's yeah. yeah macho man yeah that's a good that's that's good i was gonna <laughs> say he, he's gaming's ultimate warrior but he may he's <laughs> not quite that crazy yeah i i always i do enjoy a lot of the stuff he does i think um twitch kind of lacks a lot of people that are just good performers you know a mm-hmm. lot of times you know you're either watching 
for somebody that's of a really high skill who may not be super charismatic, you know, they're just good at whatever game you're interested in. Um, and you may be watching somebody that has a lot of charisma, but is not particularly skilled. And he's somebody that's putting on essentially a sitcom and playing fairly well, you know, I mean, he's, yeah. and so he's, I, I think as far as just entertainment value, he's kind of top tier on, on that front. But at E3 this year, he did his first um, IRL in real life stream for, Uh-oh. for uh, the people who don't know. Hashtag that on your Twitter. Hashtag that on your Twitter. Potato aimers. Um, and so while he was doing that, his cameraman followed him into the bathroom. And so if this had happened one time, you know, I could see it being a mistake. But this oh, yeah. obviously violates Twitch's terms of service. This also violates California state law. So he may have legal issues that arise from this beyond a, a Twitch ban. But he goes into a bathroom recording. There are children in this bathroom. There are people at the urinals. There, you know, none of these people agreed to be filmed. He just walks mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. So he goes to the bathroom and this is all shot. And then he comes out. And he goes back in during this IRL stream like three or four more times. And so being at creepy. that point, just kind of being silly and dumb and shit. And, and it, it, it gets to a point where like he knows what he's doing, right? Yeah. Like, like one time, that could be a mistake. But when you're repeatedly going to the bathroom, mm-hmm. now you are purposefully trying oh, to create geez. some type of ban or scandal or something, right? And you're using this as a ploy because... You know, I think about a year ago, he he said, oh, I'm taking I'm going on a hiatus. I've been unfaithful to my wife. And he it was like the first time he'd appeared on camera as himself and not Dr. Disrespect. He took like yes. a month or two months off. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And so but when he came back, he like broke Twitch's concurrent viewer record for the time. And that may have been beaten since then. It, I would imagine oh, it has been with like Ninja and some of his like celebrity play sessions and shit like that but yeah you know. i was on there the other night playing with brad pitt's butt there's <laughs> 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 uh, another one of those where i realize that what i'm going for isn't what it ultimately sounds like at the end allegedly <laughs> But anyway, so after his hiatus that time, you know, I mean, he got record donations, record viewership. And so, um, you know, creating a kind of scandal or controversy can be very good for a person in his position. And and that seems like kind of what's happening here, which, you know, that's kind of his shtick, you know, mm-hmm. is and fuck. I mean, I, I aside from like, I, I think it's super fucked to record in a bathroom with people oh, yeah. being like, like, I think that's troubling and. Any uh, legal recourse coming his way, I think, is justified. I don't know how you have the balls to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm in the bathroom, you know, I'll be looking on my phone, see something funny, go to take a screenshot, send out a group text. Phone's not on silent, you know? (laughs) 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 That camera shutter go off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck, dude. This guy in the stall to my right's going to think I'm in here sending dick pics or. Trying to shoot my camera over at him or something that weirds yeah, me out man. enough. I can't imagine yeah. being like, okay, just trying to roll in here with what, what's on the bathroom room. wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I just read some some inspirational shit on the on the bathroom wall. <laughs> uh, Written anyway, in shit. You know, God damn it. And 
anyway, so they lifted the ban. So everybody, nobody knew how long the ban was going to be. Twitch didn't announce it. Dr. Disrespect didn't say how long the ban was going to be. His channel got reactivated, I believe, late last night. Um, and then um, as soon as it happened, he wasn't live or anything. But he started getting donations. His chat blew up. He got more subscribers. Like People oh, were like, oh, yeah, he's back. And he hasn't. He had. He still hasn't gone live. But all day today, people have been donating, subscribing to him. I mean, it's it's already generated a lot of, um, you know, moolah for him and and the streaming platform. Uh, he even created like an emote that you can use in that Twitch chat where he's like peering over a bathroom stall. Like that's how seriously he <laughs> takes the whole fucking thing. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man. But yeah, it's it's all kind of you know pretty interesting as far as just like that type of you know, I guess gaming celebrity that culture. play. Yeah. And, and I still don't understand it. I don't understand Twitch. People That's watch me. people I, I play video games. Get into it. Yeah. Like, I'll just play, yeah. the, play the video game. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's kind of like a... I, I See, I, I watch it from time to time, and it's usually, you know, if I'm doing something else, and it's kind of this more of a background thing. But I think what I like about it is it's kind of that illusion of hanging out with your buddies when you're little kids and you know, <laughs> somebody's somebody's <laughs> like, oh, well, yeah, let me finish, you rat bastard. <laughs> but yeah, it does. So I, I get that. But but I mean, I mean, think about like a lot of the people that are probably engaged, yeah. people that are not the most social people, and it kind of gives them an. I know, where, I know, where yeah. they can feel like they're hanging out with somebody and, and watching a game they enjoy. And, I could see it. I mean, (laughs) when I was a kid, you know, I'd watch some of those those shows on the G Four channel. Sure, throwback. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. The fuck? Yeah, I could see the G Four channel. It's like watching some of that. Yeah. Well, Doctor Disrespect was sure disrespectful, wasn't he? He sure was. One of my favorite things <laughs> I I ever saw was like some guy, somebody else was streaming and he was playing. Oh damn! It was like a game where you went to a tropical island, but it was like you're playing this game show. It was kind of had a BR component. Far Cry. SOS. SOS. Is SOS. What it was called. And huh. <laughs> this dude was his name was his gamer tag was Doctor Respect. And like everybody on this game had to introduce themselves. And this was after Dr. Disrespect cheated on his wife. And this guy's like, I'm Dr. Respect and I love and appreciate my wife. Like, oh, it's no, like, that's no, all he said. <laughs> that's weird. But anyway, that's... anyway, uh, what, what have you boys been playing lately? What have you been getting into? What's been tickling your fancy? Mm. Well, Destiny 2, unfortunately. Yeah. Because you brought that all back upon yeah, us. Josh created the problem for me again. Huh. Uh, but their new content's been pretty cool. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that menagerie thing is bitching. I think yeah, like I a, do a enjoy the crap out of that. For them mm-hmm. as far as like creating farmable loot and shit. I think that's fucking rad. And at this point, we're in 14 episodes in, and we haven't had a single episode where we haven't talked about Destiny 2. Or yeah. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, so we might as yeah. well talk on it and speak to our target demographic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the Iron Banner coming back. That was fun. Yeah, I like that You know, they have quests tied to it and stuff because you get more casual players that typically just engage with the PvE side and they come to Iron Banner. And, you know, if you've been sweating out the 
competitive or just playing a lot of quick play, it's a it's a time to really uh, relish. Yeah, easy pickings. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is nice. There were yeah. some good matches in there. <laughs> yeah, it was fun to stop. Yeah, but the menagerie's before. really cool, um, especially if you have some people to run it with, and you, after you run it a couple times, you get used to the encounters. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of fun. The uh, it's still. Every, I mean, and I know this is. The same complaint that we always have, but it's just, it's still so grindy. Ugh. You have to do these quest steps to get a chalice. And then once you have the chalice, you have to upgrade it to get different mm-hmm. runes. And then eventually yeah, you unlock all, all the runes and you like, can uh, piece together the certain weapons that you're trying to farm. Yeah, the rune there. crap. Like, ugh, just give me a weapon. So, I mean, it, it, and like I said, it's, it's, it's fun. It's just there's a lot of that component that. I think if you made it super easy, there'd be no like worth to it. Like you wouldn't care. Yes, and 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 I don't disagree with that. That's why I can still handle it. The part that gets me though is that even then, beyond that, you make it super difficult to even access like the quest steps and shit. You know, there's several people. If Hunter were on, and God, do I miss Hunter? Yes, go ahead. If you want to say, yeah, he's okay. He's now's the time for you to say that. Brooks is lying, Hunter. Kyle. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he he would complain about it too. <laughs> but you go into you know these menus to access. I mean, you have to go over to like what is it? Triumphs or not triumphs, but uh, pursuits. Pursuits, and then find the chalice, and then hit Y, and then open it up, and then you have to. Do it. You know, it's just it. It's not as fluid as it should be, in my opinion. So one thing I could gripe on and say that they should improve is just how fluid it is to move between your inventory systems. And Josh, you commented on that uh, one night when we were playing Xbox and you said that they're just, it seems like they're running out of space to do things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The game has grown. So just like fat from all the different activities and shit that's in it that I, I think no matter how they organize it, it will be convoluted to a degree, but I think it could definitely be better. I think you know, prioritizing certain tasks within menus, um, changing even the shape of those prioritized items, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, here's my menagerie chalice, and it, it's a large item because I'm going to be using it a lot, and it's over in here, and, and all the, you know, with my moat thing that I use for Gambit, and, you know, yeah. or Black Armory shit that I'm doing, whatever, you know, those things are in one part. These other just regular bounties are separated from it, but... That's not the case yet. I, I do imagine we'll see some modification to that when they do the expansion in the fall. I think a lot of stuff's going to change with their menus again at that time. Uh, Bungie tends to do this kind of half-step thing where they uh, kind of warm you up to the idea of change and, and don't do like real drastic changes at any one time. Um, and so I, I imagine that since they moved the pursuits and kind of changed just the structure of that, it will see a bigger facelift in the fall. Um, but well, it'd be it's... fucking great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's looking pretty haggard. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's a mess, especially when you start adding all the bounties and stuff in. Oh, God. Yeah. Crack out the mix pages of collagen sh- and let's yeah. get to injecting baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had, had the pleasure of hopping into outer wilds for a bit. Um, and it's one I'll keep playing, and I, I might further update as as the weeks go by. But 
Um, I, I found the the game to be very beautiful. Um, I like the design. The character design is a little wonky, but um, it's still you know it's cute. But it's... say after the Aww. video I saw, it looked like Outer Wilds, or yeah, the Sea of it meets Sea of Thieves with Space Force. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a, a good comparison. It uh, it does have a pretty similar Sea of Thieves vibe, um, but you're like an alien race uh called the hartharians and you're um you wake up at the beginning of the game and you're told oh it's lunch day are you ready to go and you're like yeah and you go you get launch codes you interact with people around this uh, small village um and then you set out into space and you can go anywhere you want and you can encounter planets that have these kind of lethal atmospheric effects and so the first planet i landed on I get there, I step out of the ship, and I immediately die because of the atmosphere. And I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit!" You know, the yeah, first time, you... the first time I launched, I launched all the way up, and I was getting my bearings, and I was looking around. I guess I was still holding the right trigger, but I must have got right in the path of a uh, or right in the orbit of that sun because it just <laughs> came and wiped me out, <laughs> and I died. And I and I'm sure this is what you were uh, fixing to get to, but I'm gonna steal your thunder because I love sure. it when you die the first time you die it it like rewinds your memories and there's a part yes. where you're walking through the town before you launch and you interact with a statue that its eyes like glow at you and you definitely get the vibe that that's like a save point or token but you don't really know how the mechanics going to work so when you die you go back to waking up but you still have everything that you've done for the day so like you still have your launch code you don't have to go you know do the little quest in the village to get it and you just kind of walk back up to the launch platform and go out and do it again and so it has this real <laughs> ominous vibe to it but in a fun like bill murray and groundhog's day type scenario <laughs> where he can just and that was enough for me like to keep me in it for maybe four or five deaths before i was like all right well <laughs> i don't understand the mechanics of this game sure. so i'm gonna play destiny too <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's incredibly charming. I think it's beautifully made. I love the music. Um, I like how seamless it is to fly out into space. The ship controls are not great, but just like the seamlessness of just lifting off and going to another planet is wonderful. Um, I like the different atmospheric effects and uh, visual effects that you'll find on the planet. You know, um, obvious comparisons, No Man's Sky uh, to this game. And No Man's Sky has this crazy scale, but... The content is so based in random generation that there feels like there are very few mechanics that are actually designed in that game. Yeah. And so it, you, it gets very repetitious very quickly. In this game, there aren't that many planets. There aren't that many places to land or go visit. And each one offers you a very curated, very controlled and very beautifully designed experience. So I landed on another planet and I was able to like translate something that was etched in a stone. And it said like the secrets of the like of time or underneath your feet or whatever. And so I tried to get down to that. And um, as I'm going down, this asteroid hits the planet and like mm -hmm. the, the, the ground kind of breaks apart and I kind of get jettisoned. <laughs> 
out and ultimately get killed but like it was like really cool looking and like just the to see the the surface of this planet break mm. apart and be on this uh, yeah. piece was was really neat um and so what happens in the game is every 22 minutes there's like a a supernova that occurs and you die no matter what and so your day keeps restarting and everything is kept in your ship log um that you explore and find so you're constantly uncovering these mysteries of like why am i caught in this quantum time loop why is you know living species why are we at this breaking point what's caused this and there's kind of this ancient race of scientists and stuff that are all missing now or have all died off that you're kind of trying to learn more and more about uh, so the whole game yeah. is really about curiosity and, and unraveling these mysteries and well, and I, it's a game. Go ahead. it, it's, well, it's, it's cool because while it's cute and, and very, it's almost sarcastic just about yeah. the situation that you're in. But at the same time, man, it, it gets punctured by these moments of, of, for me, it was kind of like fear. I landed on a planet sure. and I found a beacon and it was an escape pod. And I go in this escape pod and translate this ruin and, they they crashed there and they were gonna build platforms or something and I go below and I, I fell off a platform and there's this giant like orb in the middle of the planet and I fell into it and it just launches me like out into the solar <laughs> system. And I was like, Well fuck, dude, it took me forever to land my my ship on that planet. And I'm like, All right, I got I got my jetpack on and I start drifting back to that planet and I realize I'm so fucking far away. And I'm like, All right, I'm just gonna boost as much as I can and maybe I'll drift there. And then I run out of gas, and it's like we're gonna convert your oxygen over to your boost. Oh, running out of start running out of air, and then eventually, you know, I just fucking die in space and I float off. But it's just that moment, like I get launched out into the, you know, vast expanse of that little universe they've built there, and you're like, oh shit. So you get those adrenaline moments at the same time. I didn't know the supernova happened every 22 minutes, or I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have been as worried. I guess. Yeah. You yeah, kept it's... dying before the 22 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I never made it 22 minutes. Yeah. It's not the easiest oh, game. Man. No, no. It's not. Okay. I, I is, haven't played this. So death is definitely a, uh, a huge component of it. Yeah, but I was super impressed with it and, and can't wait to spend more time with it. Uh, it's neat to see a game that has that kind of impact and draws you in without you being like this warrior or gunslinger or, you know, you're just an explorer and you don't raise a gun. You don't shoot anything. You don't, you know, it's, it's, there's no component of violence, which is, you know, I, I'm not saying anything against violent video games. That's pretty much all I play, but I'm saying that like, it's neat to see a game that creates momentum and intensity and drama without any real like person versus person, yeah, aggression. You know, it's it's you versus the elements and stuff, and it's really the cool. the vibe I got from it when I first started playing it was Firewatch. I don't know if yeah. you're familiar with that. Oh, yeah, friend. I, I really did, and it's not anything nice. like Firewatch, other than maybe the art style a little bit. But it just it felt like it was creating that type of environment where there was suspense, but again, like you said, Josh, it was it was being built from the narrative or from you know what was what was going on around you, not so much enemies and and yeah. stuff like that being thrown at you yeah and something and i don't quite know what it is about it but something about it is is welcoming in the way that firewatch kind of like settles you into kind of like a just enjoy this like kind of like sit back 
stay a while and just kind of like let this happen, explore, take your time. I, I, I don't know quite how the game, both of those games are capable of doing that because that, that's, it seems like a very uh, vague and abstract thing to achieve. But I do think both of those games have that vibe where it's like, Oh, just, you know, Hey, you're going to die. No big deal in this yeah. game. Like it, you're trying to learn something each time you're trying to go further each time you're trying to uncover what's happening. Um, and, and just enjoy the world and exploring and, and it's it's really pretty cool. Yeah, there's some puzzle components in there, I believe. Um, mm. I know I encountered one very small puzzle, uh, so I don't know if there are larger ones out there. I didn't run into... I don't know that I ran into really any puzzles. Uh, there's kind of a minor one that, that wasn't much of anything. Um, so yeah, I like I said, I haven't played enough on it yet to say, but um, so far, super impressed. Um, I think it's definitely worth checking out, particularly if you have Xbox Game Pass. Uh, you can get it on there for free. That's really yeah. all I've been playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> Same. Me too. We got to branch out. We got to get out of these grinds. Yes, yeah, that's true. Well, if nothing else, Bricks, why don't you help us in the episode by telling us what's in the box? The box was really heavy this week because it's full of a whole bunch of Bitcoins, man. Fucking must be 40 pounds of Bitcoins here. Are all I think shiny. you have been they're, scammed. They're jingling and jingling. Don't tell me that because I just sold a, a shit ton of fucking Mario-shaped ecstasy. About a- I'm going to corner the other side of the market. Coins you want to battle? You want to? I've been selling at the cops. I've been telling them, you want to battle that Wario-shaped ecstasy problem you got out there? Then you need this Mario-shaped ecstasy. Because nobody Are can kick sure? Wario's ass like Mario. I don't know if that's true, to be Are fair. Are you sure you're not on the ecstasy and that whole box of Wario ecstasy pills just looks like Bitcoins? I don't know what the fuck Bitcoins are, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs>